Welcome back. It's another episode of Growth Lab's Weekly GL, where we're tackling today's issues and how they impact your business. This is hosted by me, Dan, and Stephen. We'll give you our raw take on what's important for you and your business. Let's get started. Another edition of Weekly GL. And you're back from vacation. And we are back. We missed you last week. Oh, you guys, you guys did, 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 yeah, we did a good job. I, I, I tuned in from the lake, so <laughs> it's good. Uh, this week's all about growth. Yeah. Um, in the middle of a pandemic, we actually want to talk about growth because we are seeing some growth opportunities out there. Uh, we're seeing some customers take advantage of these growth opportunities and asking questions like, you know, how, how do I how do I think about acquisition as a growth strategy? Talking uh, about digital marketing, right? All, all plans are built around your plan. Yep. And then you have your risks, risks and your opportunities and your countermeasures. And I think that's like that's where people are at right now is, is we've we've seen some risks come to fruition. Right. Uh, in within all that, there's other there's opportunities. Right. Even if we're starting from a lower, lower threshold, there's always opportunities for, for growth and smart. The smart business owners are looking for growth, whether that's organic growth, whether that's acquisitive growth. Um, and so that's what we want to kind of dive, like dive into today. Three pillars of growth and how to think through it. Um, so before you even start thinking about growth, especially acquisitive growth or making strategic investments, whether it be in marketing or hiring new employees, especially, you know, this is an employer's market right now, uh, a lot of great talent. Uh, there are three things you should really own and have thought through before you're out there trying to buy things. But before we get to that, I do want to touch on the venture capital world. Now, obviously, about 40% of our business is in one way or another um, uh driven by venture-backed companies or seed and seed or angel investing uh, invested companies, right? Yeah, and in about uh, like kind of when, when all this hit the fan back in March, mm-hmm. you know, you and I were talking about where we thought uh, things were going to go in the venture world and, you know, what we, what we were seeing out there. Um, and I think the data really kind of uh, substantiates what we were talking about, which was that it was going to, Dry up a bit. Yeah, but it was already in end of March, and I think we talked about it on one of these podcasts or one of our webinars. We were saying, hey, the market's actually drying up. Like, it's taking customers uh, longer uh, to, to, raise. to raise. Even those customers that were bringing on uh, uh, capital or liquidity from existing investors, it was taking longer to close. Somehow, uh, new due diligence items were popping up. Um, and then on the flip side, new emerging growth companies, new startups that were looking for angel invest in investments and seed investments, uh, they were having a hell of a time trying to even get meetings, right? And let's face it, you know, yeah, the, a lot of the investors and angel investors, these are loose consortium uh, of investors, right? They're not institutional investors. You know, they're, 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 they are investing based on relationships and the team right? character yeah. the team right you invest in the team you're not investing in product development you're not investing in sort of some pipe dream some business model you're really investing in that team uh and there was actually a wall street journal article i want to say it might have been like first week of april maybe last week of march where it actually talked a little bit about the challenges of raising capital during uh quarantine right yeah. Because you can't, I mean, the you know table stakes are to go and, and do the face-to-face with the investors, right? And that's just not possible, uh, not safe. And and therefore, you know, both the pitchers 
and the you know the, the VCs have to the angels have to learn how to uh, to to meet and to pitch. Uh, you know, obviously technology is there to be able to pitch virtually, but people want to see how how you interact, how you how you how you respond to fast questions, and 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 now well, people want to build relationships. Again, you invest in relationships. We always say here in our business. You know, business is, is all about people and people are all about relationships. So at the end of the day, you've got to get over that hump like, hey, I trust I trust that individual I'm about to dump $100,000 of my personal wealth into. Um, so anyways, long story short, two days ago, PitchBooks, our friends at PitchBooks, we love PitchBooks. Um, I personally have been using PitchBooks since uh, my days at corporate. Um, they actually came out uh, two days ago with their recap of the uh, second quarter 2020 results for the venture capital world, the startup world. Yeah. And, and one of the biggest findings, right, if you really stratify out that the uh, startup um, uh, venture backed world, you know, you're looking at uh, angel investing, you're looking at seed, you're looking at uh, series A and so on and so forth, institutional. And what uh, one of the sort of spot on results that we were we were actually talking about back in March and I was kind of a you know it's sad to see but I was kind of excited to be like okay you know the, the, the truth is now in the data is that the the seed investments actually dropped year over year by over 50%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's huge, right? Think about a lot of our customers that are coming in as startups where you know where their heads are at, right? They're yeah. looking at raising half a million to a million dollars and that's coming from more of that local yokel yeah, startup investors, right? And it, ma it makes it makes sense both on the relationship side as well as those are usually the, some of the first investments outside of the friends and family, you know, right. uh, you know, bootstrapping. Those are some of the first investments. Those are the things that slowed down. You know, what what didn't slow down in the data, which is what we said back in late March, was those follow-on investments from the from those uh, companies, those uh, scaling companies that have those institutional back backers. You know, those institutional backers have they dry have the powder, powder, so. In the, the dry powder is kept there so that they can protect their investment. If the company really needs it, the portfolio really needs it, they've got dry powder that they can they can uh, pump into that. And those are the companies that we saw, like you know, getting getting that's where people were focused. Those seed uh, investors they slowed down by over fifty percent on the new investments. And those are those right. are the new companies, right? The the ones where they're really. So I think two overall stated. two reasons on the seed side, the downturn in the seed one. It's that personal touch, right? That personal contact. How do I build relationships? How do I connect with investors? How do investors connect with young startups? And two, I really think that overall, um, uh, families, uh, individual investors were really looking to shore up their balance sheets. Um, and so, and, I, and I'm sure on the flip side, like the institutional investors at some level, even though Fred Wilson, uh, the, you know, he mentions like, hey, we've been really busy, but I have a feeling you are really busy on the follow on investments, uh, current portfolio and not so much on uh, new yeah, investments. Yeah. But, you know, those guys are obviously a little different. They are they're you know, they're a big shop. Uh, they they they're acting more like an institutional investor. So they're used to the technology. They're used to vetting uh, new potential investors uh, investments. Um, very differently than your local angel group. So, so not not to toot our own horn, but I think we we predicted it pretty well. That was good uh, back in March, and uh, well, we know. were seeing it. We were seeing like customers having uh, taking longer for follow on uh, investments, and um, almost virtually impossible to actually uh, get on and get the new, yeah. new deals. So, let's talk. Uh, let's switch topics. So last week you weren't here. Um, 
and we had uh, Corey actually join me, and we talked about the investments, uh, the investments, the information that came out from the Department of Treasury on Monday, uh, so a week ago this Monday, on the uh, list of all PPP loan recipients, over 150,000. And I've sort of been talking about this, even with our customers privately. There's such a wealth of information there. And so today I really wanted to talk a little bit about growth, you know, and you know, we talk about growth, but what, what we've all been thinking about over the last two or three months is really about protecting the franchise value. And how do we plan for worst case scenario? How do we plan for layoffs? Uh, what's our cash planning and whatnot? But, you know, at some point uh, there's going to be um, there's going to be businesses in certain industries that those industries are going to contract and there are going to be dead bodies along the way. And there are going to be those that hopefully could pick some of those up and grow their own business. Um, and I think now is the right time to start thinking about it. So yeah. my three things are, if I just can, my three things are, do you have a vision? Do you have a vision for your industry? Do you have a vision for your company? Do you have a vision for your customers? Uh, Two. Do you have a plan? Right? Do you have your annual operating plan? Do you have your long range plan? And lastly, and probably more importantly, do you have a cash flow plan? Do you understand the liquidity or the cash uh, cycle of your business? Uh, if you've got those three, now is the time to start thinking about growth. Because those, those three things give you the, you're, you're referring to them as the pillars, right? Those are your foundation for being able to being able to grow, right? Because if you don't know, if you don't have a vision, you don't know where you want to grow to, right? Um, part of you know, part of the survival of the last few months has has, uh, has been figuring out both just how do I survive, like, uh, but now now is if you don't have that vision, you're not going to know where you want to grow to. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't have that vision, you can't put a plan together. If you can't put a plan together, you don't know your what your what your liquidity profile and liquidity needs are for the yep. business. But you know, putting those three things together, you you have the the foundation of the pillars upon which to build uh, a business, uh, grow your business. And so you can steer the growth in the right direction. And there are going to be th those companies that now have, they now have, uh, there are many companies that have a decent balance sheet, uh, newfound liquidity, whether it's PPP loans, EIDL loans, outside investors, or just free cash flow, uh, especially in the service-based business, you know, unfortunately outside of hospitality and sort of, uh, restaurants, you know, those have been hit harder, hardest, um, there is opportunity to grow. Uh, industries have been contracting. Uh, there are um, there are participants, market participants in some of these industries that don't have a lot of financial flexibility. Their balance sheet is tight. Maybe they yeah. uh, overuse some of the cash up front, hoping that, right. you know, this was going to end sooner rather than later. Like so for us, we have a view on the, uh, I would say our view is a long drawn out recovery. Long drawn out is 12 to 18 months in our mind. And that's how we're playing our cards. That's how we talk to customers. Um, that said, certain industries are going to be worse off, especially if uh, the government continues to support certain industries, uh, continues to provide additional uh, liquidity. Essentially, you're sort of propping up the industry. But I really think we're in election year. Once this is all over, that all goes away and there's going to be a ton of opportunity. And so I want to go back to two types of growth, organic and acquisitive. And what we want to talk about is 
what are the opportunities right now uh, for organic in organic growth and acquisitive growth, and and what are some tools that you can use along the way? So let's touch on organic first. So what are the two things we're seeing right now on the organic side? So kind of the two opportunities there. Uh, one is in kind of making your marketing dollars go further, mm -hmm. uh, more efficiently, effectively, uh, and two is it, this is an employer's market. And, and therefore, you know, there are more people out there, whether you need, you want to find people to drive the top of the funnel or you want to drive pe people to be able to drive, deliver the service. Right. There's a, it's an employer's market. So on the, like, just talk about. Uh, and there's a lot the, of great talent out there that's been recently furloughed or laid off. Right. The, the pool is, is, yeah, as long as you can get them off of the, you know, pay them more than uh, the federal government is on unemployment. Oh, that's going to answer. You're, 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 uh, you're good to go. Um, so let's talk about it on the marketing dollar side, right? Um, you know, one of the things is that we're seeing is that, you know, the especially like on the cost per click, those, those you know, your digital marketing dollars, um, they're going further uh, mm -hmm. today than they were uh, six months ago. I think so. I mean, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing uh, less. So for the same marketing dollar, especially for, say, search engine uh, advertising, remarketing uh, advertising campaigns on LinkedIn, or LinkedIn's always been a little more expensive, but LinkedIn and Facebook, we're seeing our impressions, our CPC costs going further. Um, now, it could be that our, you know, we're, we're targeting things that are... Could be that we're just awesome, you know? <laughs> but it is. We are, I think it's things like we're, we're trying to say, uh, we're trying to stay top of mind in terms of like, you know, uh, relevant and relative uh, search items, so, you know, PMP yeah. loans, forgiveness, uh, CFO, and, and whatnot. So we're finding it, we're finding a lot more opportunity to stretch the marketing dollar. Um, and on the, so I don't know. Yeah, and on the employee side, like, uh, you know, finding, finding people, like uh, competitors maybe uh, letting, letting people go, uh, looking at competitors, trying to, trying to even poach uh, employees from from competitors. It's a good it's a good time to do that because people are looking for what is you know whether they're looking for that inner sense of like purpose mm -hmm. meaning or you know they, they are willing to to make it make a move. Um, it, it's an employer's market yeah. right now. I am going to go on a limb and this is just total bullshit, but it's happening. Companies have received the PPP loan. Companies have furloughed their employees, and companies are still employing their employees. They're actually still showing up for work while they're on the employment line and they've received the PVP loan. There's a lot of that going on. Um, and um, so I want to go back to that SBA list because that SBA list is so important. You've got the company's name, you know how many, mm -hmm. many employees, you would know when they received the loan, you even know when what bank they received it from. There's nothing stopping you calling that special assets uh, agent or employee to try to figure out, hey, is there a loan that's distressed? Is there a loan that could possibly be on the chopping block? I mean, that's a stretch, but that is coming down the pipeline. That is three to four months away because anyone who received the PPP loan in April, you're running through that PPP loan as we speak in 24 weeks. And your employees, even if you are stretching the rules and allowing your employees to kind of work under the table, there's a lot happening. I'm seeing it. Before you know it, that music's going to stop. Mm -hmm. And the economy hasn't come back. That industry has not come back. And that company is going to be up shit's creek. And before you know it, they're going to be a prime target for the company that actually did things the right way. Yeah. Right. And um, just for two more seconds on the employee side, if you got your a PVP loan and you want to deploy it strategically, you know, finding the right people, spending money on on marketing, like this is a, these are places where you can invest those some of those dollars uh, and 
and get them to return for the company. So especially, on, especially on the payroll side, you can yeah. bring people on, you get another, let's say, 16 weeks. Uh, if you're on the 24-week covered period, you have another 16 weeks. If you can do an acquihire, you can do a tuck-in, or you can do, even, even get an acquisition in the next two months, you still have some time to, to put some uh, employee dollars, payroll uh, expenses, yep. into, into your PPP and money. So think of it strategically about your PPP loan. Um, but on the other side, this SBA list that uh, came out gives, gives people on the acquisition side, acquisitive growth, gives you a great tool to slice and dice the information, uh, get a list of companies that are in your area or, or in your industry. It's a great screening tool. And, and say 50% of those are going to be companies that, that in three, three or four months, or even 25% of those, three or four months are going to be you know, distressed. They are. And you've got some, you've got the stats, you know, you've got how many employees you can actually extrapolate that, that information. I know like three months ago, we were sort of pitching the idea of Black Monday and, you know, June 15th or July 1st, small businesses were going to wake up with no PPP money. I think it was because of our Black Monday that the, you know, they extended the covered period. Yeah, it must have been that Black Monday. Like, <laughs> Wait, we can't do eight weeks. We got to do 24 weeks. But whether it's eight weeks on June 15th, July 1st, or 24 weeks, or even for some companies that are stretching the rules a little bit, you know, the point being is it's anywhere between 24 and call it 40 weeks is the economy going to come back. You have to have a vision for that because we're still seeing companies, you know, sort of just spending as if things are going to come back. So for those companies that are doing things right, acquisitive growth is a great idea. This SBA loan, uh, this SBA list. Uh, has um, six hundred and sixty some thousand, right? But it also it's the it's the type of data, um, zip code, state, city. I mean, pick your pick your targets, screen it, give them a call. Uh, it's a great opportunity, I, I, I think. So, uh, one last thing on the uh, uh, organic growth on the employee side. You're right. It doesn't have to just be about going out and hire the next individual to fill in a position. It, it could also be a strategic hire or a strategic hire of a team. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking about expanding into new uh, geographic footprint, I was just on the phone two days ago with a company out in California in the home healthcare business, right? Um, and they've had to lay off employees, uh, but there's still a ton of opportunity as we all know, right? and they've received a million dollar PPP loan, they're like, hey, what can we do with this? Well, you can use the SBA list to start targeting those customers in your industry that are within 10, 15, 20 mile radius of you and start plucking them off and bringing on their employees uh, or mm -hmm. circumvent the whole ownership structure and go right to the management team. So anyways, there's a lot of ways to kind of skin that cat. I just wanted to, Focus on growth. I mean, like, don't don't live in a shell too long, right? Uh, think think big. Um, we've got the conversations we've had with customers, with prospects over the last five days um, has been telling, right? So mm -hmm. Even some some of our customers who could possibly be acquisition targets themselves are turning around and saying, "Hey, this is a great opportunity for me. Uh, I've got great banking partners, great banking relationships, and I've, I've, I'm feeling." I'm feeling good. Yeah, no, this is a great this is a great time for those companies that have um, thought through this, that have the financial flexibility, have a tight, clean balance sheet with not like a ton of uh, anchors on that balance sheet, 
and um, have come into some new capital, some new liquidity, and have those three things we talked about, you know, vision, a plan, and cash control, great opportunity to be out there looking for organic and acquisitive growth. So yeah. with that, um, I think we're done. Thanks, guys. Cool. Okay, so that's a wrap. Always love talking shop, Steve. Thanks, Dan. Join us next week. Check us out at growthlabfinancial.com or text weekly GL to 833-759-0277.